the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And as you're seeing on your screen, if you're watching on LarryRosenthal.tv, Larry Rosenthal is here. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? So far, so good. So far, so good. How are they? How well, are they? it's early. It's early, right? <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> it started early. You never know by the end of the day. I mean, you know, it could start going downhill any minute. But right uh, now. You're charmed. It's right always good now, for you, we're man. Up, we're, we got yeah. two thumbs going up, Bert, so that's good. I like it. I like it, brother. Well, yeah. good deal. And welcome back, Bob. Bob's been on vacation in, in this August, so good good deal each year. That's a good thing to have you back. We're, Jones, man, he's we here. We got the full team here going today, that's for <laughs> sure. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners in the D.C. Baltimore area on WAVA, as well as our listeners for the past handful of years now on Sirius XM nationwide, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, Sirius XM Channel 131 Family Talk. Chris, it is about numbers, 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 right, this week. Boy, we got all kinds of numbers. And, you know, I get numbers that come across my desk each week, and and I look at them and I filter them through and say, what are we going to talk about? You know, what's a good thing to to take a look at? And, you know, it's just very interesting to, to see um, how averages work and how numbers revert to the mean and all this kind of stuff. And, and sometimes when you, when you take a look at it, you get what we call these fat tails or these outliers when it comes to numbers and averages. Fat and, tails. Yeah, fat tails and, and <laughs> different things like that. And so now all of a sudden we've got one. We've got a huge one, you know, and it's in the S&P 500. And I, I just thought, you know, we've got to have some fun with this because this is pretty interesting <laughs> to, to see this. You know, we had one of the fastest and most violent recessions hit the economy last year with COVID-19, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's just no doubt about it, right? And, and on, on March 23rd, 2020, the, the S&P hit 2237.4. That was the bottom that it hit. 
it usually takes, on the average, over a thousand days, on the average, for the market to come back to get a double of the bottom. Well, in this case, this time the rebound was only 354 days. So that's one of those outliers. That's what we call a fat tail. That's that's an outlier, and and boom, all of a sudden it came back very very quickly, right? You know, from from that's the markets, not the overall economy, but the markets. And from you know this this is uh, the fastest recovery in the market since Dow Jones was was keeping track of this in since uh, World War II. This was reported by CNBC this past week. I thought that number was just pretty remarkable wow, to see yeah. to see the dip coming back down and the V-shaped recovery of the markets going right back up. So, uh, kind of cool, you know, even much faster than what we did in the financial crisis, which also set a record back then of only 540 trading business days. So, so you know, 354 trading days to get to get a double off the bottom was pretty substantial. Oh, it was yeah. pretty impressive with the, with the markets and things like that. So. Thought I'd bring that up today. It's a little, little light talk here. You know, it's open mic Saturday. We always like to have questions on anything at all. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. I want to continue just real quick. I see we got some callers on the line, but let me just get through some of the uh, the economics, and then we'll jump right on the phone line there. Give us a ring again, 855-ROSE-123. You know, the, the this past week, the markets were under pressure, right? You know, down, down, down all week long, red all across the screen pretty much all week. And then Friday, big rebound across the markets. Uh, everybody feels good over the weekend when you have a big rebound, big day on Friday, right? But what does this mean going forward? Well, why was the markets down this past week? What does it look like down the road and around the corner? It's the same thing, but we're getting closer and closer to that final pitch. We're getting closer and closer to that final tick on the sports clock. We're getting closer and closer to the ultimate decisions on which way this, this economy is going to go when it comes to the narrative of, of uh, inflation, what the Fed's going to do. You know, the economy in China slowed down in June, I'm sorry, in July a little bit more so than they had expected, uh, but, but it's still expanding as far as July goes in, in the U.S. U.S. retail sales disappointed a little bit. Uh, people thought we were going to have a little bit higher retail numbers, but, you know, they, they came down. Uh, a little bit, and and part of that was due to dampened activity because of the COVID uh, nineteen variant, the Delta variant that's out, and and some of the government stimulus has dried up, dried up a little bit. But with all that said, we're always going to get um, economic numbers here and there. the The real big deal here is the Fed notes, and and the Fed released their notes from the July meeting this past week. And that's what sort of the markets are looking for. What is really going on here? And and Fed officials in their July meeting basically said that they have plans to pull back the pace of their monthly bond buying purchase program, which means it's the taper. This is the taper. This is what I'm talking about. You know, we're coming down to the bottom line here. When are we going to start to see the taper? And And indications are it's going to be coming soon in the next few months, you know, but they're still going to wait for more economic detail. But what's interesting, though, is a lot of the Fed uh, voters here stated in their number, in uh, sorry, in their uh, uh, notes, hey, look, just because we're going to taper doesn't mean we're going to turn right around and start raising interest rates. And this does not necessarily mean it's a precursor to an imminent rate hike right away. So, so this Fed is telegraphing very clearly as to sort of the roadmap or the runway of what they're looking at. They're going to be data dependent, and they're still going to remain 
in my opinion anyway, I think that this Fed is going to continue to remain dovish as best they can, keeping a solid eye on employment, expansion, and and prices as far as inflationary pressures go. Mm-hmm. So so you have to take a good look at all of this and you know there there's there's uh uh you know they have you know at some point we want to normalize rates at some point we want the economy to continue to grow and organically expand itself without it being engineered with with any type of monetary support and monetary policy. You know I got to tell you I got to tell you Larry that's what my uh, personal trainer was asking me the other day he says when are we going to start seeing the taper you know the, the <laughs> <laughs> the V-back, Chris. There you go. <laughs> All right. It hasn't happened yet. but yeah, I mean, Appreciate I, that, Chris. <laughs> good good deal. Good visual. Hey, let's welcome Bill on the line from Wisconsin. Good morning, Bill. How are you today? Hey, good. Say, so, yeah, I've got a question on estate planning. I, I had a consultation last week uh, with an attorney, and uh, what they're basically proposing is that they put all of my assets into a trust that, you know, for my wife and myself, and then upon our death, uh, all the assets, I have two children, a son and a daughter, the assets would be split evenly between those two and then put in their individual trusts. Is, is that pretty normal a way of handling things? You know, for, make- at, at a 10,000-foot view, it sounds like it. You know, again, I'm not an, I'm not an attorney. I'm a financial advisor, so you got to get the legal advice uh, from them. But, but yeah. when we work with clients, that sounds like it. You know, the, the purpose – First of all, is it a revocable living trust or an irrevocable trust? Is the first question. Uh, it sounds you like said revocable. Yeah. Yeah, revocable. Perfect. So, so that sounds like a garden variety type of a scenario. Then, the, and and Bill, let's break this down real quick and sort of unpack some of the things with it. A revocable living trust. The primary objective of that is to avoid probate. Keep your affairs private and pass assets on to your heirs the way you want them to be passed on over time or immediately, okay? So, yeah. so, so that's the purpose of it. And, and so when you take an asset, like an investment account or a home or something like that, and you retitle it to the name of the trust, now the trust owns that asset. So essentially you're placing the ownership of that asset in the trust. The trust is revocable meaning you can change it, you can pull it back out if you wish, you can sell it if you wanted to, you can do whatever you want. But when you place the, when you change the title of ownership from you and your wife to that of the trust, now what you put in the trust as far as disbursement goes at your, at your, when you, if you pass, that will govern. So, for example, you could say in the trust on one of your investment accounts, um, you know, your daughter is to get 50% of it, and your son is to get maybe 10% over five years or, or whatever it may be. You can, you can change it. You can, you can dictate how you want that money to be spread down. And then yeah. it goes into the kids' trust, and that can also help bloodline protection. If your children were to get married and possible divorce or something like that, that could help pass assets on down to your grandchildren as well. So it sounds like okay. to me, you know, I don't know what's in what's written inside the trust, but it sounds like it's very logical the way yeah. things are being approached as far as that goes. Yeah, the, the biggest asset is is our business. Uh, both my wife and I are retired out of it, but we still, you know, we still own it. My son and daughter are actually full time in the business operating it, so that's the biggest asset. And then after that, there's the building that the 
business operates out of, which is in a separate LLC. And then you got things like our house and our other investments. Yep. So so, so there could there could be some stuff that you I, you know I, I'd have to take a deeper look into the building and and the business as far as making sure continuity is is business succession planning is done correctly from that mm-hmm. standpoint. But it sounds like you're going down the right road. And and okay. and and the uh, you know another thing too is when you and your wife do retire and fully step out of the business, do you have like a continuation plan as far as key employee stuff goes? What would happen if your children are still selling you the business or something like that? Is there insurance involved? Do you have like a buy sell like a uh, it, what's what would be called uh, an entity purchase plan where the business would own? Like maybe a simple 10-year term policy on your kids. If something were to happen to one of them, there would be money that would come in to help the other child uh, hire, retain, train somebody else, or even give you and your wife pensionable income. So that might be a blind yeah. spot that you might want to take a look at. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. But if you like, Good I'll idea. be happy to send you out some information on all of that. Okay, yeah, please do. Okay, well, let me put you on hold, and Bob will get your contact information. We'll send you out some information on buy-sell agreements and things like that, and we'll have someone give you a follow-up call, okay? Okay. Why would I need a buy-sell agreement if the business is in the trust, and then and then it'll go to their trust after that? So it could be I, – I could have used the wrong term there now that you're telling me that. It could be key person insurance. Um, okay. Think about this. The younger generation is now running the business. I'm assuming you're going to be getting paid some sort of an income uh, as the as a, a sale yeah. of the business over your lifetime or 10 years or whatever no, it may be. It's not, it's not a sale of the business. I mean, we have previously taxed income in there, uh-huh. and then we uh, we also take uh, some uh, income from the uh, the rent from the building because the you know the LLC rents to the business rents the building to the business, so we get, you know, some uh, uh, income from there. Got it. So, so there's, the, there's no real sale of the from us to the children. Understood, understood. Still, the kids are partners, correct? Well, they're going to be officers, and then eventually they'll be, they'll be the stockholders once we pass. And who is generating the revenue for the business? Well, the, you know, they operate the business. Uh, it's a small manufacturing company, so uh, pretty well established. Good. So, uh, Good. Unless the economy yeah, the, the, really the, right. And and what I what I'm driving at here, Bill, is and again, I don't know the situation. I'd have to sit down and, and really get in into the weeds with you on it all. But it sounds like to me that there could be a possible need just for some key person insurance coverage should something happen right. to one of your kids. The other child's not then all of a sudden going in business with their spouse and things like yeah. that. Um, so that's that's yeah. what I'm driving at. Is you want to you want to okay. be able to take a look at that that type of protection. So I'll, I'll put you on hold and we'll send you out some information on that and you can uh, take a look at it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring on Open Mic Saturday, eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five. Seven six seven three one two three. Let's welcome Valerie on the line from Pennsylvania. Good morning, Valerie. How are you today? I'm good morning. I'm good. How can I help you? Um, I have a question about an annuity. Um, I'm getting ready to retire in May of next spring, 
and uh, I was wondering if I took all my annuity out and put it, rolled it into a safe Roth IRA and paid all the taxes as soon as I take it out, would that be, and, and put it into one for like five years, would that be advisable or do you think I should just take my annuity and, and just pay the taxes and, and bank it? So, so when you say take your annuity and roll it into an IRA, can you can you expand that on me, please, real quick? Do you have an IRA that's inside of an annuity already, or are you looking to retire and get a lump sum pension that could be an annuity or a lump sum? Well, it's uh, we do have a. I'm in the union and we have a pension, but we have an annuity too. So my annuity is like $80,000, and I was talking to a financial advisor, and he was thinking, you know, he was giving me um, different options. Like uh, he showed me options there I could invest in like a five-year, roll it into a Roth, like a Roth, safe Roth, where some have fees, some don't have fees. But he said, you know, like he showed me like a 12 to 15% return. And he said five, three years would be okay, but five years would be better. I was just wondering if it was um, feasible to, to, to do that. Valerie, there's there's let's 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 back up for a second and, and, and expand the conversation real quick, okay? First of all, what we have to do is understand what your income needs are and your expenses, okay, that need to be covered. Take a look at your right. strengths to cover that during your retirement. What's your Social Security going to be, possible pension, and then any other savings and investments, okay? Now, if an annuity is correct for your savings and investments, then we have to ask the question, do we keep it as what's called a traditional IRA, or do we pay tax and move it to a Roth IRA? That's another question. But getting back to the conversation of annuities, the primary investment objective of an annuity, and there's many different types. There's three categories of annuities. There's, there's what's called variable annuities. There's what's called fixed annuities. And there's something called indexed annuities, okay? I, think, all, I, think, he showed me, I think he showed me the fixed ones. And okay. then he said some, some would have a fee and some wouldn't, but I would, ha I would have a return, and I... I I believe he said the ones he was showing me were non-taxable. So, so the the tax question goes to the orient go, goes to the origination of the money. If the money's coming from a pension plan or a four hundred one k rollover or something like that, that money's never been taxed before if it's on the traditional side. So just because you put it into annuity doesn't mean it's going to be tax-free to you. You have to make that conversion. That's a taxable event from traditional IRA over to Roth, okay? As far as what you were mentioning about the, the rates of return on different annuities, you know, there, there's bonus products out there. There's products that, that uh, have, have fancy terminology. But, you know, when you look at a, a uh, first of all, there's no guarantees of rates of return. When you look at a fixed annuity, you're going to get, you know, similar to a, a bond portfolio return. Same with an indexed annuity. Uh, variable annuities have the spectrum of risk from money market up to aggressive. So you'll get whatever the markets tend to, tend to deliver as far as the sub-accounts that are, you're invested in. 
So, so when we work with clients on looking at the merits of having an annuity or not in your portfolio, we sit down first and take a look at what's your guaranteed income coming in. If that covers close to or, the, or, or, or all of your expenses each month, you may not even need an annuity, okay? Um, an, okay. Annuity, an annuity is going to um, – um, uh, there, there's pros – put it this way, uh, Valerie. There's pros and cons to every investment out there. There's advantages of annuities and disadvantages of annuities. So before I say, hey, yeah, let's just suggest an annuity, I want to sit down and do a due diligence with you and find out what your income needs are because you can get through dividends of stocks and things – very similar yields, you know, and everything has pros and cons and prices and all that kind of stuff. But it sounds like to me at this stage, you know, you're getting ready. When people get ready to retire and, and sort of roll over assets from their retirement plans, these are major, major financial decisions in one's life. And we need to approach this through education. And just, just sitting down looking at two or three different types of annuities doesn't cut it for me. We need to look at investment plans and annuities, mutual funds, ETFs, stocks, bonds, the whole nine yards. You need to look at all of that and see what kind of mixture is correct for you. Um, there are advisors out there that, that only put clients in annuities. There are advisors out there that never touch an annuity. I'm in the middle. I see that there's merits for annuities. We have some clients in them. Some clients are not in them. But I go through sort of a process first to see if someone needs it, and that's what we need to do with you. I, I would ask to put a timeout on the conversation. Let us send you out some information so you can get some education and work through this from a financial plan, what your income needs are, because it's about income. It's not about product. It's okay. about income at this particular stage. Does that make sense? I want to just sort of change the conversation to it's about you and what your family's income needs are versus the product selection at this point, okay? Okay. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on hold, Valerie, real quick, and I'll have Bob get some get some contact information from you. We'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and show you how to do the due diligence, give you the education on the on the three different categories of annuities, and help you sort of shop and figure out what's best for you. Okay. 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 I appreciate that. But to answer your question, um, our income, well, the income that we have. Between me and my husband, we have enough to cover our expenses and live comfortably. So that's why I was wondering if I should just invest, you know, roll that into or just take it. So yeah, that I'll, makes I'll me, wait for that Yeah, that makes Go me ahead. lean the needle of the conversation towards you may not even need an annuity, okay? And then the okay. next question is, do you convert all of this to Roth or do you do series of little conversions over the years? Because when you make this conversion to Roth, you've got to look at different taxes. One thing you don't want to do is do a tax bump up and do a higher tax bracket when you're free to convert right. over years and years and stay in a lower tax bracket. Plus, you've got to look at IRMA tax when it comes to Social Secu I mean, uh, uh, Medicare premiums and things like that. So there's a whole system that we work through with our clients and all this. We want to make sure that you're getting the best net after tax and fee return for your income needs, because that's the money you get to take to the grocery store, and that's how we go about okay. it. So, so put a timeout right. on it. We'll have someone give you a ring. I'll have Bob put you on hold real quick, and then we'll get somebody to help you out and figure this all out for you. Appreciate the phone call, okay, Valerie. Thank you. Yep, yep you're, you're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show. 
apologize there, callers. I know we had some people on the line. To, uh, see if y'all can give us a ring back. The lines are now open again. 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You listen to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. On Saturday, August 28th, Larry Rosenthal will be part of the Over the Edge event at the Hyatt Regency in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, to help raise money for orphaned and abandoned children in Haiti. All donations will go directly to the charity Helping Haitian Angels. There are a couple of different ways that you can get involved. You can join Larry as he repels 14 stories down the side of the Hyatt Regency in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Not your style? Then you can support Larry's effort financially with a donation to Helping Haitian Angels. Learn more at helpinghaitianangels.org. That's helpinghaitianangels.org. This has been his personal total host, Larry Rosenthal, and represents his philanthropic interests. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Glad to have you back again. Again, we have some lines available for you if you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123 is the phone number to call. And don't forget, you can also uh, call us from... LarryRosenthal.tv, or just put in the chat box your question, and we'll pass it along to Dr. Rosenthal. Wait, wait a minute, I just did I make you a doctor? I don't think that's doctor. Yeah, well, close enough. Close, <laughs> what close is enough. This? Close enough. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, you're nope, right. Nope, not even close. not even close. You're right. Yep, that's uh, that's yep, not going to work. Go. Hey, so I got a question for you, real quick. Um, I know that this uh, helping Haitian angels thing. I just listened to the commercial. Is coming off here pretty soon. It's not far away at all at this point. And so how uh, that's true. That's true. I'm in denial of it, but I'll be doing it, Chris. Yep. <laughs> <You're in denial. laughs> Wonderful thing, though, and especially needful right now with all the, you know, the, the it really is. earthquake really and is. such yep. that's happened. So. It definitely is, yeah. The, yeah. the uh, orphanage down there, it, 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 you know, it's in need of building a building and, and just all kinds of stuff. So mm. lots of good things going on uh, as far as helping goes. Um, it's a it's a tough situation. Always has been, and probably yeah. always will be. So we're trying to make a difference. Amen. Uh, okay. With it all, so definitely. So um, let's go ahead and uh, let's welcome Robert on the line. Thanks for holding, Robert from Colorado. How are you today? Hey, doing great. Thanks for taking my call again today. Uh, my question is crypto. Uh, I do have a crypto wallet through Coinbase, and I got about four cryptos. And I wanted to know if that's okay to have, maybe about a three to five percent. Of my portfolio, I do have some silver and gold, and I just want to expand more into crypto. And is that something you see down the road in the future for people to do transactions with currency, good or bad? Well, you know that's uh, so. You know, it's an alternative investment for sure. Whether or not 
we go into a total digital society. You know, we're already digitized a lot of times. There's many people now that don't even use cash. They use debit and credit cards all the time, and it's just digits flying back and forth around. Um, you know, the what would happen if our government were to digitize our dollar, right? Uh, what would happen to the crypto market? I, I just don't know. I don't think anybody knows the answer to that question. Um, so, so you know, it's I don't know. I don't have an answer for that specific thing. If people are going to be trading in crypto, it depends. You know, if you if you take a look at at Tesla, they said that they, uh, well, you know, they will accept crypto for a car. Then they said they're not, and <laughs> I don't know if they're doing it again. Um, and and different different places like that. You know. So it just depends. If somebody accepts okay, it as a medium of exchange, then I think the risk is on that um, that company. You know. Okay, I'm not a you know a Bible thumper, but I do believe in God, and I just wanted to also know if it's a biblical thing to do. Uh, I I think so because you know the world talks about you know uh, the Bible talks about a one world currency coming. And I don't know if this is part of it or something that could be something similar to what the Bible was talking about. I just want to make sure it's biblical, too. Well, Robert, I would say this, that whether you're investing in, in U.S. dollars or the euro or crypto or whatever it may be, you've got to ask yourself the question of understanding who owns it all. You know, And one of the best ways to get financial freedom is, is understanding that the Lord owns it all. And what is our role with it? Our role is to be good stewards. And, 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 you know, what does that mean? You know, what, what, you know, what are you doing in your own scenario where you're, you know, giving back to the, to, to the Lord, you know, tithing additional gifts and offerings, supporting, you know, biblical uh, efforts, you know, that that's personal on, on your end of things. I can't tell you that, that, uh, you know, one currency or the other is, is meant for that. You're looking at it from an investment standpoint, you know. Uh, you can do screening on different things uh, as far as your investing goes, you know, SRI screening, ESG screening, and things like that. When it takes a look at your overall portfolio, we have screening mechanisms you can look at. A lot of places do. You can go online and just download, you know, biblical screening programs and just put your, your investments in there and see how they pop up. You know, that's a, that's a good choice to, to really take a look at it. But, you know, um, you know, our, we are charged with good stewardship, which, you know, God gives us lots of blessings. You know, he gives us the ability to go out and make money. And what are you going to do with it, you know, is, is the real question. And that's where it comes down to, to the bottom line. So as far as the, the, uh, how you're investing, that's how you need to take a look at it and see what you're doing with, with uh, uh, some of the dollars that you have, right? Great answer, Larry. I appreciate the follow-through and the wonderful, honest answers. You've always been a blessing to me, so I appreciate your time. Absolutely, Robert. If you like, I'll be happy to send you out our financial planning toolkit, okay? And that'll sort of help you help you go down the road of building out a plan and making sure you're on track for what it is that you and your family want to try to do. I'll put you on hold. Bob will get some information from you, and we'll send you out our financial planning toolkit. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Hey, it's open mic Saturday. Give us a ring with 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Nick on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Nick. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. How can I help you, sir? So here's the situation. I'm 56 years old. I have uh, $250,000 to $500,000 in cash sitting in a bank account. I owe on my house about $500,000. I have a 
one, 2.2 uh, interest rate. Um, and I really don't want to pay off my mortgage, but I would like to put it in some kind of investment vehicle that uh, everybody's telling me the market is 30% up and we're going to see some kind of a, uh, 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 an adjustment, but nobody knows when, right? So I, I just wanted to get some guidance from you because I'm kind of a, you know, I want to be a good steward of the money, obviously, and uh, we, we do tithe uh, pretty sacrificially. I could probably jump that up a little bit more, but <clears throat> and that's the goal. But I would like to get some wisdom as far as how to invest this right now. So, Nick, here's the deal. You know, when, when the markets are at, at um, highs the way they are, okay, um, you want to do what's called dollar cost averaging, where you put the same amount of money into the same investments at a specific interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, whatever it may be, regardless of the price of the investments. That way you're just sort of bleeding the money into the market over time, and you're going to end up with the average price of those securities that are selected versus putting it all in right now. If the market were to pull back, right, then you would lose some dollars on paper. But when you go back and you take a look at today, August of 2021, and you go back and look the last three years, five years, seven years, 12 years, 18 years, you will see that from time to time the market accelerates up and then pulls back down. We go into a recession. We work our way out of the recession. We get new highs again. That's the trajectory of the market, okay? So when you're taking a look at saying, what do I do with this money, with this cash, before we just go drop it into the market, we have to ask the question, what do you want to do with it? What do you want this money to do for you? Do you want it to grow in an adequate way that at some point down the road it starts delivering income to you and your wife? Do you want it to grow in such a way that it starts to, to chip away at your mortgage payment down the road? Find out what your goal is with the dollars, and then we can take a look at executing the plan. And the most important thing about the investments is – don't necessarily say the market, okay? Say the asset classes because your asset class selection makes up for overwhelming majority portion of your rate of return, okay? When you just say the market, I'm going to put the money in the market, you know, you're looking at the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the Wilshire. But within that market, there are sectors of the, of the market that may not necessarily pull back if the market drops, Okay. And so you need to break down where you want those investments to be. But the bottom line answer to your question is this, is if I was going to put new money into the market at highs, I would do the same thing that I've done for a couple, almost three decades of financial planning, which is do dollar cost averaging. Simply pick the mutual funds, the stocks, the ETFs that you want to be in that are aligned with your goals and start buying them periodically each month. You know, you got two hundred fifty to five hundred thousand. Let's say it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Maybe you just say, "All right, look, you know what? I want to start putting five thousand dollars a month into the market, or I want to start putting ten thousand dollars a month in the market." Break that up into five or ten different investments inside the account, and just start putting a thousand dollars each month into each one of them, and you start building a position. You start building a portfolio. Now, let's suppose you do this for four or five months. And all of a sudden, the market pulls back 5%. That month, you might want to go, you know what? I still like what I own, 
I'm going to put a little bit extra in because these prices are now more attractive because I'm looking at the long-term perspective. So when you're doing dollar cost averaging the way I described it, Nick, you want to along the way buy on some dips. The biggest thing you want to get out of the way of is a recession. When you see the economy, the, economy, the, the markets will always have some type of a pullback. And that pullback could be a recession, which now you've got to get out of the way of, or it could just be a, a circumstantially distressed situation for a short period of time, right? Like volatility uh, due to an earnings report or due to uh, uh, an inflation report that we're going to work our way through. Does that make sense? So, so, so that's how you – yeah, that's really how you have to really take a look at doing it. And, and I would suggest this. Let's build out a financial plan and take a good look at what your needs are, your time frame, your tax scenario, your risk tolerance, uh, liquidity needs, things like that. That'll help dictate much more than just say, hey, let's just throw the money in the market. You've got to have a reason. Know what you own and why you own it, and that'll help your investment life a lot easier as far as that goes. Uh, but that's what that's the, what I would suggest to you is let's build out a financial plan, take a look at the investments, things like that. As far as paying down or paying off your mortgage, you know, that's that's another scenario, too. Uh, there, there's reasons not to have your mortgage paid for, and there's reasons to have your mortgage paid for, you know. And there's nine different ways to manage that when it comes to, to making decisions on that. And it sounds like to me that you could look at doing, you know, a similar concept of what's called an equity endowment plan where you start taking some of the money that you would have put into an extra mortgage payment each year and maybe take that and put it into you know a bond or something, as long as you're earning a positive interest rate rate of return. Because remember, mortgages are simple interest on declining balances along with a tax deduction in some cases, whereas investments are compound interest on appreciating sums. So, so I know I threw a lot at you there, but you hit me with a good question, and that's the way that I would look at implementing it. Let's build you a portfolio and then start dollar cost averaging the money in aimed at a financial plan. You're not in competition with the market. You're in competition with your financial plan. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. I mean, I don't understand all the ins and outs, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that, that, that makes sense, you know, a little bit over time. And watch, because I was waiting for a 400-point drop and say, hey, I'll put 50 grand in, you know, here and wait for another 400 point drop, you know. And, uh, but again, I'm sitting there, I work, you know, during the day. I don't have time to, to mess around with it, you know, but it sounds like you would put together more of a comp. I mean, I know the long view sharpens the short view, and, and that's, that's the key. Right. And remember, 400 points on a 35,000 Dow is only 1.1%, right? Right. So last week we had a few days of 400 down. Did you put any money yeah. in? No, I did not. In fact, All right, I then we, we need to get you a plan, Nick. We need to get you a plan because what, what you don't want to do is look down the road eight months from now, 15 months from now, 22 months from now, whatever it may be, and go, you know, I still haven't got this money in. Inflation's rising, and I'm still sitting in a bank at zero. So I'll send you out our financial planning toolkit. I'll, I'll, and we'll have someone give you a follow-up call to build you out a, an investment strategy plan to meet you and your family's needs, okay? 
Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yep, let me put you on hold, Nick, and Bob will get your information. Appreciate the phone call. If you listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Liz on the line from uh, New Orleans. Good morning, Liz. How are you? Hi, good morning. I'm doing fine. I just got off of work, so I was glad I caught you on the radio. (laughs) Sure. How can I help you today? Okay, so I'm a nurse, and I work for the Veterans Administration. So we have the Thrift Savings Plan. And I invest in the Roth IRA, not the traditional. And I have 70% in C and 30% in the S fund. Did you, say, did you say F is in Frank or S is in Sam? Sam. Okay. S is in Sam. So I have 70 in C, 30 in the S fund. And, and I invest um, 1400 a month. From my paycheck. Here's my question, though. With everything going on with the pandemic, I'm concerned if, you know, the way it's fluctuating, should I pull it out and put it in a G fund where it's safe at this time, or should I leave it alone and let it go? Liz, I'm the, not the, sure of what to do. First of all, Liz, I like your thinking on two 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 scenarios. One. You're in equities for growth. The C fund is mirrors the S&P 500, and the S fund pretty much mirrors the small cap stock index there. So I like that perspective. Second thing, I, I like your thought on, hey, you know what? It's a little volatility. Am I, do, am I taking too much risk in my investment? Should I pull back some of the risk level? So the answer to this question goes to a question I'm going to ask you, which is, how far down the road in time is it until you need this money to start producing income for you? Um, another, I'd say, 10 years out. So if you're 10 years out right now, okay, then I would take a look at, at continuing to invest on the equity side of the house. And I love the idea that you're in mostly Roth, okay? I know you're giving up a tax deduction today, but you're going to get, you know, come out tax-free down the road under current laws, which is great for you. So I like that idea. But more importantly, we also want to take a look at, do you have any other investments as well? I do. I have investments with Vanguard. That's a whole other question on another day, but I do invest in a... um, it, it's an S and P five hundred. It's CXMX. It's okay, something so, that my father had left me. Yeah, so it sounds like so. to me you have much, you have lots of growth orientation in your investments, which is wonderful. On you know going, going you know ten or more years down the road, which is fantastic. You may want to consider making sure that the monies that you have invested outside of your TSP are working in a coordinated effort with your TSP. If you have money in the S&P 500 outside the TSP and you have the majority of your money in the TSP and the S&P 500, take a look at other investment asset classes, maybe mid-cap or maybe a technology sleeve or maybe a financial sleeve or something like that that will enhance what's going on in your TSP because a S&P 500 Outside the TSP and the C fund in the TSP is essentially the same investment. You don't you, you, you have what I would call diversification there, not diversification. 
So, so you want to take the monies outside the TSP. And the reason why, Liz, is because your, your TSP is limited to just five choices, the CGFS and iFunds, right? And so, so right. your money outside, you want to enhance it by looking at some other options and some other choices uh, from a diversification standpoint. Does that make sense? Yes. And then, and then the next question is this, is take a look at what your, your future anticipated guaranteed income is from your FERS pension, from Social Security versus what your expenses are, and then look at how much money you're going to be saving, grow out a plan, okay, and then that's going to tell us if we should maybe take a look at instead of being 100% equities today, maybe you become 90% equities and 10% bonds. Maybe you become 80-20 mixture or 70-30 mixture. Uh, but but um, from, from that standpoint, because that will just sort of give you some ballast should the market start to pull back or go into a recession, things of that nature. So I can send you out some information uh, on how to read through that and really understand coordinating with your investments outside the TSP, with your TSP as well as understanding the, your risk levels of things. Because I like the idea that you're invested in equities for growth. Absolutely like it, de de definitely. And I like the Roth side of stuff. But, you know, within 10 years or there about 10 years, we need to start taking a look at building a cash flow retirement analysis. And I want to get you set up on a, on, a, on a financial plan to take a good look at that, okay? Okay, that would be great. Yep. And Let thank me put you very much. Absolutely. Let me put you on hold, and Bob will get some of your information, and we'll have someone give you a follow-up call with our financial planning toolkit. Appreciate the phone call. You know, we've, we've sent out, for those of you wondering what our financial planning toolkit is, you can go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com, shoot us off an email, and ask us for our financial planning toolkit. We have sent out thousands and thousands of these over the years, and it is a great way to do this. It will help you ask this question. It will draw a line in the sand and say, hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where am I going to be down the road? And it's going to help you, help you start thinking about changes and choices and, and how to get things more tax efficient and how to get things uh, you know, just more efficient in what your objectives and your goals are uh, you know, as far as all that goes with your own financial planning. Because remember, you're not in competition with the stock market. You're in competition with your own personal financial plan. Let's shoot back up to Virginia and welcome Gwen on the line. Good morning, Gwen. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How can I help you? Um, I have several financial issues, but let's start with the most important one. Um, oh. My job offers a 457 plan. Um, I've been working there for over... 10 years, but I did not um, get signed up for that because there was no one to explain it to us. So I know I'm missing something with that whole match plan on the 457. Um, right now I'm 55, which means um, I think they will offer me additional percentage to uh, get caught up or something like that. I guess that's how they call it. But I don't know if I should take out of my paycheck money that I really need to live off of, which is going to put me in a bind, to put money into a 457 plan. So I, I need some advice on that if I should struggle in my, you know, my finances and to put money into a, a plan that I'm thinking that I really may not need because they do offer us a pension plan. So I have that Gwen, here's the, here's the scenario that you're in, and I see this quite often, okay? 
And so what we need to do is two things. The first thing we need to do is get estimates on what your pension plan is going to be for you when you retire and your Social Security benefits so that we have a good grasp of what your guaranteed fixed income is going to be each month, okay? Then the uh -huh. next thing that we need to do is we need to do what I would call sort of the Larry budget, okay, um, and which is this, which is if you can sit down and sort of take a look over the last, I don't know, two, three, four months, and just write down everywhere you've spent money, okay? Like, at, you know, food, in the house, out the house, you know, like uh, grocery store versus restaurants, gas, mortgage, vacations, car payments, insurance, all that stuff. Just get a good inventory of where you've spent money, and then make two columns to the right of that. One column would be lifestyle spending, and another column would be need, right? So, you know, right. if you go to Starbucks every morning and you get coffee and, and, a, and a, a muffin and stuff like that, that's more of a lifestyle spend, right? Because you can do that at home less expensive. Fair enough? And, right. and so if you just put check boxes between lifestyle need and, 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 or lifestyle and need, you'll find that there's probably areas in there that you might be able to say, you know what, maybe I'm going to cut back on some of these lifestyle choices that'll, that won't really impinge on your lifestyle too much, and that'll free up some dollars for you to start putting away in your 457 plan, right? And so start let me ask you this question. If I am a, a single person with no dependents, do I really need that 457 plan if I don't have anybody to really leave it to? Because well, based on the pension amount that they have, um, that should be enough for me to live off of and um, to be able to continue to pay my mortgage. Well, Gwen, that's where I was going to go with, with my answer, which is this, is <laughs> the, the, the reason that you're going to need to save, okay, whether it's in your 457 plan or a Roth IRA or a bank account or whatever it may be, is because at some point down the road, you're going to retire. And if your pension and right. Social Security is not large enough, to cover your standard of living, then you're going to look back and go, boy, I wish I could have saved more money. That's what we have to figure out. That's what we have to figure out. And just because, let's suppose you decide to retire, I'll just pick an age, at 63, and your pension and Social Security coming in at that point, if you take it then, is large enough to cover your, your expenses. Is it going to be large enough when you're 70, when you're 75, when you're 82, when you're 94, right? So that's what we have to project out in a financial plan and that may that may very well may show you that you don't need to save any more money okay on the other hand it might that, say, it, my, on the other hand concern, it, might, right? it might say i'm sorry go ahead that's, that's my major concern that taking the money out now out of my paycheck to put in the 457 which i may not even need going down the road and then i'd have to worry about that whole tax thing and um you know pre-tax or taxes when i'm 70 so I'm thinking, I don't know how to do that if I should, you know, make that jump or just leave it as is because I've, I've contacted the people who, you know, calculate the pension, and based on what it is right now, I think I should be okay. Well, that sounds wonderful. But you're, you're very blessed when it comes to that. But here's, here's what I want you to do then. Just take $100 a month, $150 a month, put it in the bank, and don't touch it, and see if you need it. To, to live off of or not. And it, you, you might find that you don't, and then there's nothing wrong with starting to build some, some savings for down the road in retirement years, okay? 
I'm not telling you yeah. not to turn the lights on in your house so that you can save more money for <laughs> retirement. I'm not telling you that by any means at all. But the bottom line is here. Yeah, the bottom the bottom line here is we need to build you a cash flow retirement plan is what we need to do. I'll send you out our financial planning toolkit and have someone give you a ring and and then we can put uh-huh. it all into a financial plan and and that'll give you the answers to your ultimate question right now. And 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 and, and along the way in life, we've got to balance the mixture between lifestyle today and retirement dollars being pushed back for savings and investments, inheritance desires, taxes, the whole nine yards. That's what we've got to do, and that's what this is going to help you figure out. But it sounds like to me you're in a very strong position. We just want to make sure we take a look at at what it looks like once you get several years down the road into retirement because that's when inflation really starts to take a bite out of things. Okay? Right. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. I'll put you on hold, and Bob will reach out to you in just a second. Appreciate the phone call. If you're listening to Making Money Sense, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Hey, check out our website. Go to LarryRosenthal.com. Follow us on Facebook. You can do that. We send out articles there. Sign up for our newsletter. We send out educational pieces once a month. We'll also send out weekly market commentary that you can take a look at as what's going on in the markets, the economy, and, and help you get some education into what's going on. And, you know, we, we had the, 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 you know, just, you know, it's open mic Saturday today, which I just absolutely love because, because I, you know, I want to want to give people education there on it all. And it just seems to me today, Chris, that the theme has really been, you know, about financial planning mm-hmm. at the core. You know, what do I need down the road? How do I get down the road? How do I know if I'm pacing to accomplish my objectives when I get down the road to retirement? With along the way, by the way, vacations, new cars, weddings, college funding, new homes, all that kind of stuff along the way from from when we become an, a, a young adult to retirement years. Those are the things that your financial plan is going to really help you sort of square away with. But the biggest thing here is this, is remember, you're not in competition with the stock market. You're in competition with your own personal financial plan. What good does it do you to take unnecessary risk in the market if your plan says you're good enough to reduce your risk, right? On the other hand, don't, don't, you know, don't be an ostrich and stick your, sand, your head in the sand and go, Oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And then when you get down the road, you go, uh-oh, you know, I, I'm not fine. So that's what that financial planning toolkit will really help people do as far as that goes. If you want to get a copy of one, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123, or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Next week, we're going to be making some announcements on our fall uh, seminar series, and we're going to be doing one in September. It's going to be on estate planning. That's right. It's going to be a webinar on estate planning. We're going to show you the 11 different ways that you can title an account. We had a caller earlier this morning from Wisconsin, I believe, who was asking about estate planning, wills, trusts, business continuation programming, and mm-hmm. things like that. So we'll be uh, covering some of those items in this webinar that's going to be coming up in September. So, listen, appreciate the phone calls. You can catch us here every Saturday morning uh, on the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Again, visit our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Follow us on Facebook. Sign up for our newsletter. We'll send you out all kinds of information once a month along with a weekly market commentary so you can best position your objectives with your financial plan to accomplish your objectives for you and your family's cash flow needs in retirement. 
So for Bob in the back, welcome back from your vacation, Bob. Appreciate it this week. Good job on the phones. And for Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.